0: people it is sunday august 30th it's ten nineteen p.m and i'm recording an intro to a show that almost wasn't i know i missed you last week and part of the reason for that is i forgot i totally forgot to post an episode so i'm so sorry so here's the episode that almost wasn't because i almost forgot twice so i stayed up extra late i worked extra hard to bring you a great show. Really proud of this one. Really stoked on the conversation Richie and I had. As always, if you'd like to make a monthly monetary donation to this program, you can. anchor.fm-hi-on-spirits. That's anchor.fm-hi-on-spirits. Click support. You can click the amount that you'd like to donate. Subscriptions start for as little as 99 cents per month. Really, that's all. Please, it would be a humongo help for me and for Richie and to keep this operation afloat. So, subscriptions, sign up if you have the ability to do so right now. We had so much fun with this episode. We hope you dig it. Thank you so much and enjoy the show. Okay, hello. Welcome one... Welcome all. Episode 5 of The Mez. Thank you for joining us. It's Hannah.
1: And Richie, you are already at 5?
0: Good. Yeah, I know. Awesome. We're 5 episodes. Isn't this great? Mm-hmm. Um, we are stoked that you're here. We have a great show fl- planned for you today. But before we dive in, I do have some housekeeping that I want to get to, um, just so we can get it out of the way live right now on high on spirits.net, a Woodstock best of Sunday um, by me as well as a playlist of the week. That's coming. I've been experiencing some tech issues <laughs> posting. So stand by on that. It should be up later tonight or tomorrow. Uh, Richie wrote a story about college students going back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got an album of the week coming out, which will be out by the time this episode debuts on Friday. Yep. So by the time you're hearing this, that'll be live. Speaking of the pod, friend of the pod and all around marvelous human being, my friend, Travis Murphy of Lightning Orchestra joined the program. Uh, We had a lovely chat. We talked about a lot of wonderful things. So please go listen to that wherever you listen to podcasts. Finally, as always, if you would like to make a monetary donation, uh, on a monthly basis to this program uh, and help keep this operation afloat, please go to anchor.fm slash high dash on spirits, click support and select your option of choice. Uh, subscriptions start as low as 99 cents per month. Okay, shall we begin?
1: Let's do it. Let's, ju- okay. let's dive. I almost said let's jump into it and dive into it at the same time. So it's like, let's jive into it.
0: Let's dive into it. Why not? Uh, so we begin today with the playlist. Oh, yeah. um, we each selected three records as per usual of what was on the list this week. Richie, what about what uh, blah, blah, blah. What are you listening to? <laughs>
1: oh, yes. Yeah. So this past weekend, I got really into and I, I, I mentioned like sending you a bunch of stuff from it. Um, on Saturday night, uh, I mentioned this in my other podcast, too. I was about two doses in of, a, of an edible chocolate bar. So, and I was scanning the band and I was searching and I came across on PBS of all places, uh, great performances at the Met, uh, the Metropolitan Opera in New York. And this was from, uh, I think November last year. Um, it was a uh, 1980s opera by Philip Glass called Akhenaten. Uh, it shows the 17 year rule Of the pharaoh Akhenaten He was the very first pharaoh to, Or the very first person Really credited with starting A monotheistic religion in society So um, Egypt at that time Almost every other uh, Civilization or society of people Had a uh, polytheistic Religion where they valued Or they worshipped so many deities Akhenaten Changed all that completely and said When he became pharaoh he said There's only one god and that's the sun and so he believed the sun was the, like, the main god. And it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever listened to. And so that's, that's the first thing I, what I've been listening to is Philip Glass's opera, Akhenaten. The lead or the part of Akhenaten is actually sung by a countertenor. So countertenors are cool because um, basically if you go to any karaoke bar and you see someone doing Take On Me when they hit that final note, like that really high falsetto note, especially the guy, a countertenor sings just in that range. So it's completely falsetto. Anthony Roth Costanzo played Akhenaten in this piece and he was just amazing. So he sang all in falsetto and it was a beautifully done opera. He does this amazing aria at the end of the second act called um, Hymn to the Sun, where it's his praise of the sun and everything and he ascends the staircase to meet this huge ball of light in the middle of the stage. Uh, Also, it was one of the most beautifully staged productions I think I've ever seen, uh, and I didn't even get to see it live. But it's, Philip Glass was great because all of the lyrics in the opera are either in ancient Egyptian language or they're ahs. So it's all ah, which is like the main vowel, but the hymn to the sun, is sung in the language of the country where the piece is being performed so this piece has only been performed in germany and the us so the Hymn to the sun has only ever been performed in german or english so and i think it's a really cool contrast to what what's going on in the opera in doing that um to have this english um sung piece I think is really cool. And Anthony Roth is just amazing. The emotion he gives to this piece is just beautiful because he this is in his head and this is his God who he's speaking to. So I think that was a really cool thing to listen to. So yeah, check that out. Aknoten. That's my first pick.
0: And then your second
1: yeah. pick? <laughs> oh, we're doing all three at the same time. I thought we were alternating. <laughs> yeah. So my second pick this week is an artist that I am actually good friends with. Uh, her name is gage k that is her stage name her real name is reagan kulik and she is from atlanta georgia i actually got the pleasure of interviewing her for my article on um berkeley and how berkeley is uh handling covid she's uh going to be entering her first year into um school this year starting remote but she has an album of music out called three which you can find on spotify really great music um she spans a lot of genres there it goes from like pop and pop rock straight to like an old like rat pack swing song which i think is really cool she has this great homage one of my favorite highlights of this album was um it's called a uh, Glenn C Jones and it I don't know why. It, it's so nostalgic. It's, in, I mean this in the best way possible. It sounds like a song from a Disney Channel original movie from the early 2000s. And I mean that in the best way possible because it's just in your face, rocking. Yeah, the, the chorus is great. It's all about growing up in middle school and, like, just the shit that happens. Like, dyed your hair three times in a row and, and like, stuff like that. And just the shit that we did in middle school. And, yeah, I really like that song. That's a stand for me. And the last album that I've been listening to this week, let me pull it up real quick so I remember it. Um, I have been listening to, uh, where is it? The Pacific Northwest box of um, The Grateful Dead. They released this uh, a couple years ago and I've been re-listening uh, to it.
0: One, sorry to interrupt. Was this the one with the Native American artist who did the cover?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a couple of shows from 73, 74 um from the pacific northwest so they played like portland oregon and uh vancouver uh is vancouver british columbia or is vancouver canada i don't know canada so i
0: think it's vancouver british columbia that sounds more correct than vancouver canada it's it's vancouver it's vancouver british columbia let's go with that somebody correct us if (laughs) you on apple Podcasts correct us if we're wrong
1: And, uh, but yeah, if you're looking for some really fun post 1972 era Dead, and you're seeing sort of this transition happening with the death of Pigpen and the incoming of um, Keith and Donna and everything like that, I think that's a really cool uh, box set to listen to. You have um, the longest recorded Grateful Dead song, I think, on that set, which is oh, that a 45 minute playing in the band yeah which is basically a playing in the band with a drum space in the middle yeah (laughs) which i feel like yeah i feel like four they could have done it like they could have made that box set do like playing in the band and then another track for the drums another track for space and then a playing in the band reprise but i just think they put it all together just for like the shock value of like oh shit, 45 minutes
0: exactly Mm -hmm. exactly well those are great picks man um so, considering the fact that I wrote a story on Woodstock this weekend, I listened to a whole bunch of sets from Woodstock, um, mm-hmm. Jefferson Airplane, Janis Joplin, Santana, Ten Years After, Joe Cocker, Jimi Hendrix, uh, Richie Havens, the oh. Who, so many, more than I care to admit, um, so I'm a little Woodstocked out right now. <laughs> Um, the second thing I've been listening to a lot lately, my friends Groot, G R U T, out of Atlanta as well, put out an album called Work Week. It is available Ooh. on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music Title, but it, you should buy it on Bandcamp mm-hmm. to support the independent musicians who made it. Uh, really good buds of mine, and they made this really kick-ass, like, jazz-infused hip-hop experimental thing. It's so good. Just the whole thing is fucking amazing. Uh, My favorite song on there is the intro called Yum Yum Sauce.
1: Oh, yes, that's right.
0: Right? Yum Yum Sauce. Uh, So check that out. Work Week by Groot. The second thing I've been listening to is the Halloween 77 box set by Frank Zappa the yeah yeah there's a new one coming out in october halloween 81 live at the palladium in new york which i'm so pumped about uh super 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 pumped on that so that's what's on my list this week which leads us right into the music news roundup i mentioned the first story which is that frank zappa is coming out with a new box set in october it's the halloween 81 box set 78 unreleased tracks with the count La costume cape and mask included six discs uh the new single I am slime
1: is oh, out so right good.
0: now so go check that out I'll I actually
1: say- own I'm the slime in Montana on 45 That's on awesome. like a green it's actually like it's colored green slime uh like uh like a colored vinyl
0: that's badass great I love it Um, The next thing I have on the list here is that Dwayne Allman's last show is also coming out in October. Um, Something that was assumed to never exist in audio form is now been uncovered. Uh, Twelve tracks uh, will be released as the last note, so it's very, very, very exciting. Another 2005 show is also coming out of the vault, um, set for release around the same time. Um, Today, we are recording this on Wednesday. So today we got some sad news, unfortunately, that founding Widespread Panic member Todd Nance passed away today.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Due due to some severe unexpected complications with a chronic illness. Um, There are no services at this time, according to the band. Uh, A statement released by the band today, there are no things... There's no real information on that just yet, Um, but the family, of course, asked for privacy at this time. Um, Yeah, that's really sad. Bums me out. So love and blessings to the Nance family and to all the boys and girls of the widespread panic family. Um, So that's what I have for my news roundup today. What did you read that was interesting this week, Richie?
1: Oh, yes. So there's actually a great uh, country uh, band out of Nashville called uh, the Cadillac Three. And what they're doing is they're doing a live stream series now uh, because of COVID and everything like that. And what's great is that through this uh, performance uh, or these live stream performances, all of the money that's being made at these performances is going from going to the Second Harvest Food Bank, um, which is helping out uh, families right now who aren't really uh, making ends meet at this time, and just helping get food in people's bellies, which is just a great thing. Um, That's one of these stories, what I'm looking at. So you can definitely check that out, the Cadillac 3. So it's got an older sounding name, but I really like what they're doing. Another cool piece of news is I'm a huge fan of Steve Martin. And Steve Martin is one of my favorite comedians, uh, and I really idolize him. If you haven't seen The Jerk, please watch The Jerk. It's one of the best films of all time. He's bringing back his annual banjo prize, which um, is awesome. So the banjo prize actually awards $50,000 annually to uh, master bluegrass or old time banjo players. And so um, when he did that, basically he stopped in 2019. Because he wanted, he's, his mission statement was 10 awards. So that was gonna be uh, in total of $500,000 that was going to be awarded every year for 10 years. And he actually decided to bring it back. So he's awarding $50,000 to um, another master uh, bluegrass player um, or banjo player, which I'm really excited about because of that. And I think that's really cool. And then the last article that I read um actually is if you like weird pop music and stuff like me one of my guilty pleasures is uh good old Mariah Carey uh she is releasing a uh an album of uh b-sides and unreleased tracks that were never released which I'm excited about so she's actually doing a cup co- um she's doing a cover of killing me softly from the Fugees. Um, The name of the album is called The Rarities and it's gonna be paired with her upcoming memoir, The Meaning of Mariah Carey. So if you like really weird pop or lip syncers, definitely check that out because that'll be really fun to uh, listen to and read about.
0: Sick. So for the main topic of discussion this evening, um, there was a fabulous piece in rolling stone i'm sure we're thinking of the same thing yep um but the beatles broke up 50 years ago this week Mm -hmm. so we're gonna talk about that today how's that sound
1: let's do it i'm down
0: so sheffield rob sheffield for those of you don't know wrote a fabulous piece in the um in the rolling stone magazine uh about the Beatles breaking up and why the music still matters today so let's begin with I mean obviously neither one of us remember that neither one of us were alive in 1970 I don't think um so let's start what are some of the um some of the Beatles songs from that particular era that you think are really impactful and important right now.
1: Definitely from that era, like right before their breakup. So like, Let It Be, all that stuff. Is that what you're Yay. thinking of? Yeah. So I think, um, of course, Let It Be. I feel like that that's a song that just is really relevant right now. Uh, everybody's fighting each other over this and over that. And honestly... Like, it sounds corny, but I'm just like, hey, guys, you know, let it be, you know, yeah. let, let shit happen and let it be, because <laughs> that's how we're going to get through all this. So, yeah, that's uh, that one there. Um, one of my favorites is The Long and Winding Road. And I mean, if you ever just want a good cry, put that song on because that'll make you cry. But if you, if you have to listen to a version of that, listen to the Naked version from Let It Be Naked um, because it's just Paul and his piano. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most heart-wrenching things you'll ever listen to. Um, but plus, I think the Phil Spector version is also just incredible with that beautiful wall of sound orchestral piece that a lot of people didn't like, but I am a fan of. I'm trying to think of what else is on that album there. Let me pull it up so I can take a look. Yeah, I think another big one that we have from that album is um, Across the Universe. Yeah. That is it's just beautifully done. And also, if you haven't seen the movie, I enjoyed the movie a lot. I'm Love one of those theater that kids that's like,
0: Across the Universe, have you seen it?
1: It's the Beatles in the 60s in Vietnam. Like,
0: <laughs> Even but, though it's not, like it is, but it isn't that movie. It's like, I, I sort of, I'm s- glad you mentioned that because... I have like a weird love-hate relationship with across, with across the universe because it is a be- – it's very much a Beatles movie. Like that movie wouldn't be that movie without Beatles songs. But at the same time, it's like it's not really like a hippie movie. It's not yeah. like Yellow Sub or Help or any number of the other Beatles movies that ever came out. Yeah. You know? um, speaking of Beatles movies, the Let It Be movie – there is a Let It Be movie coming out that I think is worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one of the pieces in, in Sheffield's article that was really interesting to me was, and I'll post a link to it in the description of the episode so you guys can read it too, is that Peter Jackson of Lord of the Rings fame is taking all of this footage that was captured, because they were supposed to do like one last TV special before they broke up. And it was mm-hmm. supposed to be like this last hurrah, kind of thing and this movie never came out this performance never happened and this phil Spector and his you know his people or whatever released this kind of um this like weird kind of like i don't want to call it like a, a fictionalized version of what happened because that's not the right word but He took like the worst parts of this film, Mm -hmm. all the parts where you have people yelling at each other and people sad and people down, and he made it into this movie that came out for like a week in the spring of 1970. And it left this really sort of sour taste in people's mouths about why the band ended And there was all this unreleased footage. There were like 50 some odd hours of footage that never came out that nobody has seen. So he's taken all this footage and he's, you know, he's creating a new movie basically about what actually happened. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but one of the things that Sheffield does so brilliantly is he sort of debunks the myth that like Yoko Ono broke up the band Mm-hmm. It's not really what happened, right?
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, people always like to say that that's like what that's who broke up the Beatles. And uh I mean it's that's just one of those jokes that's just always like in the zeitgeist, apparently. But right. yeah, I mean it it was just a whole bunch of stuff. Like it's it's the the music aging too too much for them, especially at the time. It's they are different paths. It's, I mean, partly a lot of people did not like Yoko in the studio during the recording of Abbey Road and Let It Be and everything. But I mean, that, that that's not the only reason. I feel like it's also John's leaving, not not because of Yoko, but just wanting to be more personal. And with his own personal music, I feel like he was delving into something that uh, wasn't that wasn't having to be uh, relevant to the Beatles. I feel like a lot of his stuff, because when Let It Be came out, that's also when um, Instant Karma came out. Like, yeah. and so it's like two completely different sounding songs. Like you have the Beatles sounding and then you have that John Lennon original or that John Lennon solo sounding with the Plasticono band. So it's like, I feel like that's also a big part of it was yeah. sort of just, different musical directions um
0: well, sorry to cut you up, but that reminds oh, no, me that i read um as i was doing a little bit of research for this episode so excuse me during this rehearsal for this tv show that they were supposed to do this like last hurrah thing mm-hmm. they were george was trying to get them to rehearse this song that he wrote because everybody knows that John and Paul were like the lead songwriters and they used to just like throw Ringo and George a bone every now and then,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, George was trying to get them to rehearse a song called All Things Must Pass, which is kind of crazy because George had essentially written the entire album, All Things Pass at that time and you know the Beatles break up and a couple of months later he releases this record that is you know unbelievably brilliant um but the other thing too that happened is he quit George just walked out he left um which was a real shame you know I mean the thing that people don't remember don't often think about is that this was they were four friends who didn't have anywhere else to go musically they'd done everything that they could be done together and it was time to go it was time to go and they knew it and um it was heartbreaking for everybody involved and of course it was heartbreaking for the world because they are you know they're one of the greatest bands if not the greatest band of all time depending upon who you ask Mm -hmm. um so that that i think was something that really stuck out to me that i think is worth talking about um the other thing too that I'm excited about is that we're actually going to get to see the happy moments in this period of time of them trying to work it out you know um, Exactly Because that's something that Peter Jackson talked about in his in his um interview with Rob Sheffield was that you know um you get to see them do their best to try to make it work because they wanted to make it work.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly.
0: They really, really wanted to make it work. Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk about too is after Abbey Road comes out and the Beatles call it a day, you get this like onslaught of solo records. You get McCartney solo records and John mm-hmm. Lennon solo records. Um, my personal feeling is that All Things Must Pass is the greatest of – the Beatles solo records But which do you think In the in the ethos is your favorite
1: Oh man let me uh, I gotta pull stuff up then and think about that uh, Would you like to talk to our listeners about why That's the best while I pull up some of uh, Well I think it's the best self-
0: because George's songwriting You get to hear George's songs And all of these songs that never, that could have easily have been Beatles songs that just never, that they just never touched because they didn't want to, you know? And they were, they were songs that, that really brought you into his mind and his heart and the, the way that he felt about things. And, you know, he, he poured his heart and soul into that record. And the other thing too that I love about that album is that Eric Clapton plays on a whole bunch of it. So you get two of the greatest guitar players ever in the history of earth playing together. Like I remember the moment I realized that Eric Clapton played on My Sweet Lord and I just was like, oh shit. Like that's an Eric, that's Eric Clapton doing that. I was shocked by that absolutely shocked by that
1: exactly i i would say my, my favorite my favorite song that ever came out solo was a uh, paul mccartney on a uh, four or five seconds with uh, a <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> with kanye weston i think who, was, who else was that is that, that rihanna was,
0: yeah i thought that was such a major misstep like yeah. what the hell are you doing i mean kanye West is problematic enough as it is these days oh yeah <laughs> Don't, don't leave Paul alone. Leave him out of this, please. Put up an optimist. Yeah. No. <laughs> awesome. I say that. God, no, you, man. And, and no,
1: I joke, I joke.
0: Absolutely not. Okay. Um, yeah. So the Beatles broke up 50 years ago this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Um, in terms of, I know we've had this discussion going about books and about movies. Are you still reading what you were reading from last week?
1: Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm still reading everything that I started. Um, but if 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 the listeners do want a great recommendation for a book, uh, I read this about a year ago, and I don't know why it just came it came back in my head. Um, growing up dead never get the chance. Let me look up the author of that, because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but there's a great book called Growing Up Dead, and it's this guy's memoir about um, being a teenager. It's called, uh, the full title is Growing Up Dead, The Hallucinated Confessions of a Teenage Deadhead by uh, Peter H. Connors, and it's just this memoir about this guy's um, getting on the bus and ending up traveling around to see the Grateful Dead, and I should definitely get back to reading it again because it was a really great read. So if, if you'd like something like that to um, read, that would be great. If you want something to watch, um, like I said, the beginning of the podcast, Akhenaten, uh, definitely see if you can look up and find some footage of that because that was just beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. So I finished the Never Open Desert Diner. I'm currently working my way through Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Mm-hmm. Um i didn't watch anything new this weekend because i've been writing all weekend although i did watch part of woodstock the pbs um the pbs documentary about it is on netflix it's like three hours so that's i didn't get through all of it but that's there if you'd like to watch that um, there is a grateful, there are two Grateful Dead books that I think are worth talking about. Um, there's a book about Bear, about Owsley Stanley, that I have that I don't remember the name of. And there's another one called Tiger in a Trance, which is about a guy who followed the band selling drugs, I think.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Uh, <laughs> that was written by a friend of a friend, actually. Um... So that's what's on the reading list. Uh, That's all I have for today. Richie, do you have anything else to add Uh, before we say anything else?
1: Well, yeah, there's a a book I have lined up once I'm done with everything is uh, I am going to start finally um, the electric Kool-Aid acid tests by Tom Wolfe. And I'm really excited to read about that just because that whole beats generation is very intriguing to me. And I want to if I could live at any time, it would be. The summer of 1969, or it would be 1959, when all the Beats poets were big in San Francisco. And, and then, I could you just... get
0: the, then you get the, to jump on the wagon, like, as it all starts.
1: Exactly, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, if I could have been a merry Prankster in a past life, I, I think that would just be I would awesome. Be sure I feel like that would be the coolest. If I could ever have been a merry Prankster, or, like, one of those weird community theaters in, like, the Catskills and just doing stuff like
0: that. Catskills was a weird place. It is,
1: the Catskills are weird.
0: Catskills are weird period. I spent like about four hours in the Catskills. Um, I'm somehow, oh, here's a good story to tell. So, uh, what was it? Last summer, yeah, last summer, I somehow made it from Manhattan down, like, the middle of Manhattan, mm-hmm. Bethel, New York, which is upstate, Yeah, renting a car, me and my best friend.
1: How'd you do that?
0: Okay. Ready?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, we had tickets to go see Tedeschi Trucks Band, open up of course. John Fogarty <laughs> at Ooh. the Bethel Center, for, Bethel Center for the Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the original site of Woodstock. It was Woodstock Anniversary Weekend. Mm-hmm. And he was performing 50 years to the day that Credence took the stage. <sighs> it was, dude, okay? Ooh, boy. I mean, I, first of all, of course, I'm a massive TTV fan, but I'm also mm-hmm. a massive CCR fan. Gabby mm-hmm. really didn't know much about CCR, <laughs> but she's, we're, we're, you know, we're TTV people. So, anyway. Um, we went up there we it was like we had spent all day wandering in the city trying to find a rental car <laughs> couldn't find one so we bought tickets bus tickets one-way bus tickets to Montes- montecito montecito new york and we get coach usa shout out to coach usa for the one bus ride up there like an hour and then we we get dropped off on the at like a bus station off like a highway or something and our friend Rachel shout out to Rachel uh for picked us up we're in the Catskills we have no fucking cell service and we go to this like hole in the wall bar for beer and burgers we mm-hmm. drank and we're like how the hell do we get to this venue the venue's like 20 minutes up the road so it wasn't mm-hmm. like We were like inches from hitchhiking there was one dude ubering people back and forth from outside the venue into the thing so we get this one guy oh wow who brought us from where we were at into the venue we get into the venue show goes off without a hitch everything everything went fine it was you know awesome show kick ass Fogarty played like two and a half hours worth of Credence tunes. Oh, hell yeah. Fucking amazing. And he opened with Born on the Bayou, which was the song that Credence opened with when they played Woodstock. And after the show, our friend Will, shout out to Will, drove us back to New York (laughs) because he lives in the city, but he has a car. So he drove us out back down to the city. Oh, wow. You didn't get back until like 3 o'clock in the morning.
1: Goodness gracious.
0: Now, and it happened within like a day, all of that.
1: That's a really fun story. That's I, awesome. That's wicked fun.
0: But it was, the cat Catskills are weird. There are some weird people. There are really weird people up there.
1: And I bet you would do all that again just to go see another show yep. over there. Yep. Oh,
0: yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> but that's all I have today.
1: Me too. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool.
0: So subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, it's the Mez, it's Hannah and Richie. <laughs> and Bye bye.